Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Before you drift off into one of our meditations or dive into a podcast interview, I would like to share with you one of the new opportunities for our listeners at The Mindful Movement. This is Sarah Raymond, and I'm so excited to announce the expansion of our coaching services to include two of my good friends and excellent coaches, Nikki Dyer and Laura Cannon. Both Nikki and Laura provide their own unique skill sets, allowing us to meet the needs of our growing audience. If you want to learn more, just follow the coaching link in the show notes. As always, we are grateful for your support and look forward to working with you. Hello and welcome to the Mindful Movement Podcast. I'm Les Raymond and I'm Sarah Raymond. Sarah's back on the podcast, everybody. My top 20 favorite <laughs> guests. Not funny. My favorite guests. <laughs> I better be. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. We haven't had a lot of time recently to do these. You've been really busy. I have been busy. Not just with the hypnotherapy stuff and of course putting out on the content on the channel. But in our more local lives, you've taken on a bigger role at the brick and mortar family business, I the have. Pilates studio called CoreWorks Fitness in Columbia, Maryland. And you used to work there a lot. And during the pandemic, I guess you worked there less and spent more time on the channel. And now that um, for a package of reasons, you're devoting more time there. I am. And it's harder for me to get you to do this. But we're all lucky today because we're doing this now. Yes, we are. So I want to talk about a few things, three things. I want to talk a little bit about the membership. I feel like there's something about the members oasis at the Mindful Movement that is underutilized Mm. that I wanted to discuss. That I think is uh, a tremendous value. Okay. I also wanted, there was a couple things that I've been thinking about for a while. I remember, it's funny because I'll be on YouTube and then you'll come up on my feed <laughs> with like a short or something and it's, it's strange. It's really strange when it happens and you're like in the room. That is a little well, weird where there's like two of me. Something like that, yeah. Hmm. So, hmm, sidetrack. Okay. Don't get any ideas. <laughs> so... Where was I going? The Members Oasis, something that's underutilized. I'm not so sure saw, where, where I, you're going. I'll get to that in less. So I saw okay. a short where, and I don't know if it's co- coming from another, I assume it's coming from another you know, medium length video that you did, educational content on the second channel on the Mindful Movement in Motion, where you reference two questions to ask. And part of it, I think, links to inner child work. So these are the two things I wanted to discuss a little bit. And then I wanted to finish this episode with uh, talking about the Members Oasis and what I think is the biggest value there that I think is generally underutilized. Okay. So that's like 
the outline of what I'd like to talk about over the next 10 to 15 minutes. Okay, that sounds great. And if I say 10 to 15, probably means 25. Let's, let's be efficient. We can do it. Okay. <laughs> you mentioned in this short, if you ever find yourself like struggling, mm-hmm. triggered, suffering, you know, whatever, having problems between the left ear and the right ear, <laughs> to ask yourself one of or two of these useful questions that I guess you've leaned on. Yes. Would you like me to share them? Go for it. <laughs> so I think I know what you're talking about um, because I do use these two questions quite a lot and I think they're super useful. Uh, the first is when you're having an experience that like you said, you're struggling with, or you might call it, you're being triggered. Uh, how does this situation remind you of something from your past and in particular, uh, a wound or like an emotional hurt that you experienced in your past? And the second question is a little bit more about the present day experience, although it can also relate to the past because that's probably where it started is how is the, the issue or the behavior that you're having serving you? And that one's a little more tricky because it's not usually what you want, but as I usually say, we don't do anything that doesn't serve us in some way. Like it's helping you maybe avoid something that you, you want. It's like, it might be helping you avoid something you want to be doing and you're not happy that you're not doing it. Right. But there's a reason why you are avoiding it. You just need to look a little deeper to understand why you're avoiding it, even though you want to do it. Okay. So let's break those down a little bit. So the okay. first question, what does this experience remind you about your past? What's an example that uh, comes to mind how that would... do you want to use a, an experience from your life recently mm. is there one that's in your mind well i was just thinking about the interaction that you had with our son yesterday that seemed to uh, bring a little bit of upset we don't have to i can use an example that's um, fake no let's not be fake Okay, so let me... I'm definitely throwing you under the bus. I apologize. Okay, yeah, I wasn't prepared to talk about that. Okay, so, uh, parenting lesson. Uh, <laughs> another example of how our children are our greatest teachers. Um, yesterday, I was having an interaction with our son, who's like a teenager now, turning, in, turning into a grown-up, mm-hmm. and he was having a physical experience they didn't like, uh, It was a sinus headache, Mm -hmm. basically. And I guess I'm the one in the house that people rely on for advice, generally speaking, when it comes to something that doesn't feel right in my body, what should I do? You know, try this medicine, try this intervention, whatever. So I was trying to encourage him to do a little self-care we have, if you're familiar with the neti pot, we have one of those fancy high-powered neti pots called the Navage. Uh, pretty effective way to like rinse out your sinuses. Mm-hmm. And I was encouraging him to use this. 
and I was also encouraging him to uh, watch a video on like facial lymphatic massage, do a little self-treatment, like right. learn a little, put forth effort. Um, so essentially you were asking him to help himself. To help himself. Rather than rely on like just give me a pill, a, a quick, quick fix. fix. Yeah. And make it go so away. So he wanted to take a pill to make the pain go away. And I felt like he was putting me off a little bit. And I don't think he actually was, but that's how I felt. And it felt like he was being like lazy about doing the things that take more time. Mm -hmm. And I guess, you know, when I think of that question, how does this remind you of something about your past? My entire adult life, I've watched like all the adults, almost all the adults in my life, in my family, really be lazy about their health and then pay a big price for it. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I think has motivated me to take care, care of myself and try not to go down their path. And they've always, you know, there's always been a laziness component to the way they've handled their health because it's like they'll do anything as long as it's just taking a pill. Right, they want the easy button. So when I hear my son say, I just want a pill, and I feel like that's a, oh, our dogs are barking. <laughs> I feel like down. that's a reflection on me as my ability to parent, because I feel like it's my job to teach him to not be lazy. It's my job to teach him, to inspire him, right. to want to do the extra work. Can I ask a, a yes. little bit of a deeper level question? If we look at your experience with watching, let's say, your parents take the easy way out, what do you think is the fear beneath that? Like, it's not just that they're not willing to do the work to take care of themselves and they just want to rely on the doctors to prescribe the medications. What do you think is underneath the surface? Um, maybe something along the lines of if they cared about me, they would take better care of themselves. Like, aren't I worth sticking around and being healthy enough to be here for? Right. So maybe it's like more of like a self-worth, self-love or lack thereof thing. Right. Is that where you're getting at? Y yes. And do you think that there's also, and I'm just guessing, I don't know if this is true or not, yeah, but... Right. If they don't take care of themselves, then they will leave you. Like an abandonment situation. Um, yeah, maybe. I don't, you know, I, I found that abandonment sensation strong in regards to my father about leaving. But I don't feel that that applies in here. I, my guess is it's more the former. Maybe it's like okay. a reflection of I'm not worth them doing the work mm. so that they are there for me it's not so much the abandonment but like aren't aren't the people in your life meaning me and my kids worth mm -hmm. you working hard so right. that you could be there for them and us so what does that remind you of from your past that isn't that enough that Do we have question to keep going deeper i mean the question of am i worth it like where does that stem from well, we've talked in the past here, um, you know, from my parents splitting up and feeling like I wasn't worth 
yeah. and I'm making it work. Right. And my dad so it. even though this conversation had nothing to do with your parents, it was about your son and your relationship with him and his health. That's where the question comes in. Was like, how does what does this remind you of from your past? Yeah, there's that, and also I think yeah. there's a strong component of I feel like I'm letting him down if I don't teach him to be willing to do the work involved because it takes work to take care of yourself. You Absolutely. can't be like, you know, I heard someone say. The only way you could fail in life is to be lazy. Now, there's exceptions to that for sure. But, you know, um, that's just something about the health that it feels like you can't, you know, you can't be lazy. And it's my job to teach him that. So if he doesn't want to be that, if he doesn't want to do the work, he wants to be lazy. It means I'm failing in a way. Mm. And that doesn't feel good. But anyway, so that's kind of how it went. And I got triggered. <laughs> and then I reacted a little bit and was coming off probably somewhat confrontational as opposed to loving, supportive, like the way I want to be. And fortunately, I have just enough head on my shoulders to, once <laughs> I cool down, to walk over his room and apologize. And I let him know. This is what's amazing about our son. You know, I let him know um, why I thought I got triggered. You know, I said, you know, I've, I've seen people that I care about my whole life be lazy and it backfire. And like, I don't want you to go through that. Yeah. And... I said something like, does that make sense to you? And he was like, yeah, I totally understand. And I was like, oh, of course you do. <laughs> because he's so perceptive. Of he is like how, perceptive. What pe other people are going through. And he's a really reserved kid, so you don't get a lot of feedback from him. But when he does open his mouth, you're like, oh my gosh, this kid sees a lot. And, and he knows me and he sees me. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I also want to tell him, like, I see you there being so freaking perceptive like yeah. i could see you see that i'm triggered and why and that you're not yeah. getting and he's not getting frizzled by it yeah and part of me is like jealous that he can do that well, he had a different and then history right and then had. i'm remind, and then I, it makes me want to pat us on the back and like <laughs> hey we're breaking the cycle absolutely well what i will say in reflection to your story and thank you so much for sharing that because i know i didn't tell you in advance that I was going yeah, to use that, that example. It was just the first thing that came to mind um, because like why use some yeah, yeah. arbitrary fake example? Yeah. So anyway, in reflection to you sharing your story, you had the awareness in hindsight, which I think is really useful. And it is the first step. You have to say, okay, I was triggered. And then that question of what does this remind you of in your past? And in order to not just keep having this trigger show up again and again and again, the work is with the inner child. And that's where I think you, you want it to go because it's so related. So when you can see that, okay, your experience with your son in your present day, your reaction is bigger than the actual event. It doesn't line up. Then you look at the past and you say, okay, this is how it, what it reminds me of from my past. Then the inner child work is you as your adult self get to reparent your younger self. So when you were a kid and you know, you were younger, less seeing his parents start to split up and you were like, well, 
aren't I worthy for you to put the work in to, to stay together and keep our family together, whatever it was right. your experience. And that's the inner child work is you going back and saying, you know, you, you are worthy. And what they're going through is about them and not you. And that work is what allows you to not continue to have the same trigger show up again and again and again, you know, same trigger, different cast of characters until you heal. Yeah. I feel like I've done a good bit of the inner child work mm -hmm. to the point where I do like yesterday where I did notice within a few minutes what was going on and that mm -hmm. I was, you know, in a little spiral there of heat yeah. and, um, where before it would have been much worse. I probably would have blamed him, which is ridiculous. And I don't think I'm at the point where, um, you know, I could s stop the initial trigger. So is that the idea? Like as you dive into those layers of the child, you get more and more practice or more and more familiar with um, noticing as things arise in real time and making like real time adjustments to how you're showing up? Well, I think that, so if you were to use a literal wound, like a cut on your arm, it can get reopened if it, if it's not fully healed, right? If you like move the wrong way, that cut can get reopened. But once it's, once it's fully healed, it doesn't get reopened. And that's what I mean when I say when you work to heal the wound of the inner child, then so, you just won't get triggered again. So the, the same things that, don't trigger you. I understand. So the fact that I still uh, find myself in these scenarios shows that there's still work to be done. Like it's not really healed. Right. But I do think that you've come a long way in that you have the awareness you can go back and repair in this say in this case with your son you can repair and then you still have a, a secure attachment with him but ideally you get to a place where you can say you're healed in that wound and you don't it doesn't get reopened again right. Yeah, so I guess maybe I still have a little more of that to do. I mean, I think maybe I'll just take most a handful of, of mushrooms one night and see if it fixes it. Oh, you want the easy way out? <laughs> well, but, um, I wouldn't say that's easy. That's true. That's true. What was the other side of that question? Oh, how does this serve you? So um, I don't know if we want to use the same. Do you want to use the same scenario? Or do you want to try to find a different one? Well, I mean, I think we talked a little bit not directly about how it serves you is that you, the other side of this is that you feel that it's your job to protect him. And I don't want to say you you have a need to be right in this scenario, but you have a need to teach him and help him in a way that you feel is the best way. Mm. So instead of letting him discover and it, like figure things out on his own. So I'm like over guiding. 
I mean, yeah, yes and no, right? I mean, you're doing what you you think right. is the best, and it's serving you. So, if I were to pose a question myself, how it's like after the trigger, how's the way I'm reacting serving me? Right, right, because the way you're reacting, at least in this scenario, I believe, is not the way that you want to be interacting with him in that situation. In hindsight, would you say that's true? So let me, yeah, yeah, for sure. So. To clarify, in that scenario, if I were to ask myself that question, what's an example of the answer there? I don't 100% follow. Of how reacting that way is serving me. If I were to simplify what I said, it's, it's control and safety in a way. Hmm. Do you see that or am I overshoot, overshooting? I don't know if I feel a sense of control there. I feel like uh, a desire for him to be okay, to feel good. But in your way. In my way. Well, I, w I guess I wouldn't care if he said, hey, Dad, I, I did a handstand for 30 seconds and I fixed it. And it was like a different way. And now my sinus headache's gone. I'd be like, hell yeah, man. Nice work. I don't know if that would be, if that would work. But. Well, whatever the thing is. <laughs> like, my point is, if it wasn't my way, if he, if he found another way... Well, he, ultimately, he, like, I want him to be healthy. He it's was, like my way of protecting him. Yes, but he was looking for another way. It was called an ibuprofen. Right. But that wasn't the way that you wanted. Yeah. I did feel like, and I try to convey this, I didn't feel like that there was no place for that. It's just I didn't want him to put a Band-Aid over it and not address what was driving the headache. Right. My way. But... Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You're I'm, you're, I'm you're rationalizing am, right. your behavior, and and it's fine. But that's that's how it was serving you. Gotcha. But what's the alternative when your kid like, oh, you don't feel good? I'm going out to lunch. Good luck with that. I mean, that, that's another your, way, that's but. Another way. It's just like a balance of maybe you could have asked him questions to help him come up with a solution on his own. Right. Like, what do you think would help? Or Yeah, I mean, we're getting a little nuanced yeah, okay. into parenting, gotcha. but but the the essence of how it served you was control. What, what's another... Um, let's, let's find a, a more common or better example of how that question yes. is more so, Something that that I go through a lot is like um, repeated or cycling thoughts. So um, I wouldn't necessarily call them like obsessions or compulsions. It's they're just like worry thought cycles. So um, I'm trying to think of an example of when that comes up. So our other daughter, our other child, was out of town this past weekend. And so she sent me a message on Instagram. This is a little silly in hindsight, but she sent me a message on Instagram that she doesn't normally do. And so it was a bizarre message. And I started thinking like maybe someone 
kidnapped her and they're like just sending messages to people to so that they think she's okay this is a ridiculous scenario going on in my head and I'm I just get worried and I can't stop thinking about worst case scenario so like that's an example of so how does that serve you well how do you think it serves me the, the freaking out about it yeah like I'm freaking out my my mind is going over and over and over again about this worst case scenario, it's it's my way of feeling like I'm in control or like I need to do everything I, I can possibly do to make sure she's safe. You think you know? that's why you're having in that scenario those circulating like negative thoughts? Yes. Yes, it's like my brain's way of saying, okay, if I worry about this enough, I'll find a way to make it better or I'll like worry doesn't actually make anything better but it gives you a sense of like um purpose or it gives you a sense of like okay I can do something about this because I'm worrying about it but that's not actually true hmm. okay are there any other scenarios that you feel are kind of common with the people you work with where that question more clearly allows them to like not get away with something but like to continue with some pattern that doesn't serve them um, procrastination is a way of avoiding something that you fear you might fail oftentimes that's that's oh, so this... putting something off and it serves you because you can't mess it up. Right, right. Or um, holding on to excess weight is like a, a literal armor to protect yourself from, you know, lack of safety in a whole host of possible situations. Hmm. Okay. Okay, that was, I think that was a, a useful... Thorough number of examples. Yeah. So we got a glimpse of like what inner child work refers to, kind of going back and um, cultivating like a different relationship with yourself mm -hmm. through um, communicating with a younger version of yourself in some way. Right. And I would love to just give a little bit more context around that because I know we just sort of touched on it a little bit, okay. but really briefly, you can't change the past, right? It's just, it's already happened. We can't go back in time. But what you can do is change your relationship with the past. And that's where a lot of the inner child work comes. Because often, as children, our needs aren't always met, you know, emotionally, let's say. And you, as the adult version of yourself, is the perfect person to help your younger self have those needs met because you know exactly what they are. And so that's where a lot of the inner child work comes into play is, is looking back at where your needs weren't met. That's interesting. You're the perfect person to do that. That's important. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Who, who else knows your needs better? sure yeah 
appreciate that extra context there. Um, okay, so that kind of sums up those things. Yeah, I, I would say so. Thanks for letting me add that little bit of context. Sure. <laughs> your little uh, wizardry there. Speaking of your wizardry, so the thing I want to talk about the Oasis, so I don't even know if everybody that follows our content knows that we offer that, but we do have a membership, and um, there's, you know, some benefits you get. I don't want to go into all of them, but to me, the one that stands out the most is you do these calls. Right now, they're monthly. Correct. But I think it's, from what I see, what all the things that you do, I know that you really enjoy working in a like small group environment. Whether I do. it's I mean, teaching Pilates or doing the coaching and so forth. Yeah. And there's a couple things here. One, like it's so underutilized that you've expressed that you'd be willing to do this more often. I would love to. And I don't even know if people that are active members even know the opportunity is there. But you're doing these calls, they're, what, about an hour and a half? Yep. And as a member, you could tune in, and you can get a small dose of coaching. And I don't think everybody understands how effective a 15 or 20-minute coaching session can be. Not to mention the benefits, even if you don't feel willing to like raise your hand and say, help me, mm -hmm. especially when you know there's a few other people in the room and they're watching. The benefits of seeing somebody else go through that can be way bigger than we might think it could be. I remember when I was dealing with a lot of health issues, I, I gravitated towards all these like success stories online and I would like binge on them. Almost to give myself hope that yeah. you could come out the the other end of a really, uh, you know, a, a physical suffer fest. And I also think if you're not ready to say, hey, help me when other people are looking. If after a few rounds of watching other people do it and becoming a little bit more comfortable with how it unfolds, that in itself might get you over that hump where you could say, I've been struggling. Um where you could provide, you know, some guidance. And it's interesting when I look at the, like the strength, the people that you get to know in your life over time, you get to see like, what are the strengths? Where are the rooms for improvement or whatever? We all have them. And when I think about your strength, like your greatest or one of your greatest strengths, when somebody is suffering, the, if, efficiency in which you get from A to B, I think is remarkable. I was, I was helping somebody recently and they thought I was being like really useful and maybe I was on my A game that day, <laughs> but you know, I was going over all these questions and they were mostly things I've learned from like listening to you. And, and I was hitting the mark here and there. And then she was like, uh, wanted me to like help her more, um, with more intention of like accomplishing like a session to get from A to B or whatever. And I was like, you got the wrong guy. Like you should contact Sarah. <laughs> I was like, I, I'm going to ask these questions and I'm going to throw a bunch of darts and some of them might be useful. 
And I guarantee there will be several that aren't. And the strength when I see you work is there's no waste. Like, however somebody responds, you seem to know exactly what the next question is. And it just gets like zeroed in and you get to the pinpoint where you need to be in a very linear fashion. Mm. Whereas I think of all these other things that are like something I might be interested in to know more about, but is totally irrelevant for the person to make progress. And you're good at like not getting involved with any of the fluff and zeroing it in like that. And I like, I mean, I think it's really great. And I feel as when you're in a situation where you could show up and you have a 15 minute time slot, like your strength, I think is so set up for that. Mm. And I would hope to, to help um, communicate to folks to take, to take advantage, to, to try it and see you might not need the big expensive two hour hypnotherapy session with you know, the record, the custom recording, the half hour follow up a month later, you might need 15 minutes and then you have a pivot point in your life where your trajectory is completely shifted. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate it. It's very kind of you. Um, and I receive your, your kind words. Uh, what I would say is that I think it's just human nature to be curious about other humans and other people's experience and stories. And, you know, someone else might think that I'm like not interested in what they're saying because I don't want to know all the details. But I do think, like you said, it is important to just continue to kind of peel back the layers so that we, we get to the, the gold in the conversation that allows you to really have the the most um, impact in the coaching session and I know that compared to some other coaches I might not be as like confronting when it comes to seeing where the work is but I I do that intentionally because I think that trust is really important and so many people have past wounds that relate to caregivers that I don't want to be an, an, another person that is meant to be a caregiver or like a, uh, a support system that, that doesn't feel like a safe place. Uh, but with that trust and with that feeling of safety that I really endeavor to bring to a relationship, a coaching relationship or any support relationship, I will, uh, get to the heart of whatever it is that is needed. And, you know, I've used this reference before, but I, I will hold the mirror up so that you can see for yourself what you can't see without someone's assistance. And I think that that's where we really make the most progress or we have the most impact in a, in a two way coaching relationship. Okay. What as of now, when we're making the recording, cause I know you've tinkered with some different time slots. What's the current schedule for these calls where people could just come in and kind of raise their hand and say, you know, can you help me for a moment? Sure. 
Right now, it is the fourth Thursday of every month, and it is 7 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern time zone. Uh, and it's they're recorded so that if you can't show up and you miss it and you want to watch the replay, you can. Uh, that also means that if you join as a new member, you have access to some of the past recordings and you can kind of get a feel for what they're like so that maybe, I know I always like to know what I'm getting into. It's my, my way of feeling like I have a little bit control. of control over the situation. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that for sure. Uh, so you can at least get to see what they're like. And currently we're starting with a brief grounding or centering meditation so that, you know, you can calm your nervous system. You can start to tune in with yourself, tune into what you need. And then I will often ask the question of, uh, just checking in to see what support you need. And then I open the floor for questions and like you said, there's not a ton of uh, attendees for whatever reason. Uh, so you're very likely to have the opportunity to have your uh, question answered and have some coaching. And if you're not, uh, you could come back next time. And if it, if it ever seems like it's hard to get everybody that wants help, we'll it sounds like more. you are ready to just add more spots. Absolutely. This is a spot that we're that you're looking to expand in the mindful movement community and to, and to create more of a community in doing so. Yes, absolutely. And and I do think that um, there is a community aspect in that component of this membership. Um, I was on a call recently with a couple uh, participants and someone came, you know, came with a question, they got their coaching. And then when the next person was ready to ask their question, you know, she very kindly shared how much hearing this other person's coaching and question really helped them. So, you know, she had a couple things to say and the person who had had the previous coaching was really appreciative of that. And she, you know, she, was receptive and, and thankful for the the feedback from the other person in the meeting. So it's, it's lovely. Yeah, that's great. Um, I'm glad to hear that stuff like that goes on there. I think that's great. It is great. I really enjoy it. And I, uh, as you said, I, I'd love to do more of it. And it's a really uh, cost-effective and affordable way to get some coaching that can be really impactful and like you said a pivot point in your life yeah talk about it's it's very cost effective um compared to one-on-one -on -one, it is a dramatic difference yes so uh Absolutely. a one-on-one -on -one session with you now which is a big ordeal and very very useful is running uh, just shy of 500 dollars, i think yeah and yeah the, the whole package the whole package and the membership is Nine dollars a month. Nine dollars a month. So for nine dollars a month, you could get on the call every month and have a good chance of getting a dose of coaching. Yeah, and you get all the other recordings the, and yeah. uh, members-only content. Yeah, it's great. All the content without ads. And, Correct. Yeah. That's great. Anything else you want to share? No, thank you for uh, this conversation and allowing me to uh, show part of your life. <laughs> 
to to the community. Yeah, thanks, Sarah, for doing that. Um, You're always very open, so. And by the way, that. Sarah and I are coming up on our 20, 20 year anniversary. That's true. Which is hard for us to believe, but just sharing that, <laughs> sharing that, putting it out there. Twenty years. We get a fist pump for fist for twenty pump. years. I got a little bit more than that planned. Oh, all right. I'm excited. It would not be appropriate right now. Okay, because it's a surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation between Sarah and I. Yeah, I did. Thank you. Yeah, I did too. You're welcome. Thank you too. So much gratitude all around. The mostest of the gratitude. Have a great day, everybody. Hope you enjoyed. <laughs>